This interview with Steve Hackett is brought to you by Make a Difference with Records. We are a vinyl charity store based in Godalming, and we support the Surrey Mental Health Charity Catalyst. When we met up with Steve Hackett in October 2022 to record our podcast, That's My Vinyl Answer, we also touched on some topics relating to mental health and reflections on life. We decided that that section would be best put out as an independent podcast, which is what you're about to listen to. You can find the main podcast, parts one and two, in which we talk to Steve about his career and his own musical loves on our podcast channel, That's My Vinyl Answer. The more I was involved with, with music, the more I realised that it had this spiritual connection. Um, at least it did seem to with the people that I worked with. So a year, yep. a year before Genesis, I was working with a band called Quiet World. Yes, yeah. And um, there, the guys, three brothers who basically wrote the stuff, their father um, used to send them tapes from um, South Africa. Mm -hmm. And he used to tell them how he thought the music should be shaping up and sometimes send lyrics. And and um, he, he was said to have received spirits of various... Uh, discarnate entities and and it was um well it was hugely interesting and, and very colorful and you know you, you can i you can either look at this and, and, and take the, the skeptical view yes or you can say well maybe there was something to this and one of the things the brothers recommended was going to the spiritualist association of great britain i can hardly say it s-a-g-b the Spiritualist Association of Great Britain, which used to be in Belgrave Square, number 33. Um, it was a building that had been either given to them or leased to them by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Yep. So it's a building that had history. And I used to go along just to... Um, I was interested in, 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 in the building and its library, mm -hmm. and I occasionally would have a psychic reading reading from somebody and I'd occasionally sit in a medium circle and um, for years I knew that they did healing on the top floor and um, I never did that I thought well I, I don't really need that I'm a, I'm, I'm a young man I'm pretty fit etc etc yeah and then I started having one or two ailments that just wouldn't go away and uh, the very first time I went I saw a guy and it was very, very low-key, friendly. Mm -hmm. There was no mumbo-jumbo. He just said, uh, we'll ask our brothers in spirit to see if they will help you. And blow me down, the pain that I had went instantly. I marched out of the place and I thought, oh, it's just a coincidence. You know, still the sceptic. Yes. Went two more times and each time, whatever it was, it might have been a pain in the finger, a toe, an arm, a head, whatever... It went instantly and I thought, mm. I'm interested in this. And I got one or two books, pamphlets written by Harry Edwards, who'd been the most famous healing medium mm -hmm. in the country, now now no longer living. But there was, there was one of them, he's sitting there in his white coat, as they used to wear in those days, and he's beckoning you in. Yes. And he was talking about not just healing, but what the, the healer experiences too. Mm. Long story, this. My wife, Jo, had 
she'd had a tooth out she was in great pain i'd just done an acoustic album it was the one with john it was um sketches society. of society yeah yeah and we put it on and i was just cradling her and i had my hand here around her mouth and um at one point she said the pain's gone you're a healer and i thought oh she's being overly impressed with me <laughs> you know we're, we're we're young we're in love yes etc etc yes, etc yeah, yeah. Uh, and um then there was this thing about uh, the idea of what what the healer feels mm -hmm. as he does something for, for people and and i started to notice i was getting that sensation so occasionally for people who had things I'd try and do it and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't and even today an old friend said to me his wife who, who had been in great pain for a long time I said I'll try and do some absent healing which is something that Harry Edwards talked about mm -hmm. people would phone him up and he'd say I'll send you some absent healing this is wide open to um, every charlatan going yes but I said, oh, I do that, and, and, and then did, and then practically forgot about it. And he said to me, she hasn't had any pain for three days. So, so for you, very day. For you, it works, then? For me, it worked. I mean, I can't, I can't cure myself. I've got to go and see a doctor or a dentist like anyone else. Tooth fell out the night after Hammersmith. Go, go <laughs> and get that fixed. Um, so, um, but I find it that it's got a link with music because... You know, there's this thing, music, harmony, the feel-good factor. Um, is it about healing? Is healing the subtext of, of, of music? And then that goes all the way back to yeah. the Greek idea of Orphic stuff, Orpheus, and and, mm -hmm. and 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 what have you. And and then you think, well, perhaps the Greeks were onto something here with, with this. Whether you you don't have to deify people or mythologize them perhaps yeah. there's there's something about this and um joe often spoke about the wounded healer and this concept of um that you have to have had something in order to empathize uh with perhaps the plight of others i hoped it would be like a like a life where you always return to um you're always completing the circle and mm -hmm. it gets reminded every time. Um, I think life is a bit like that, isn't it? It's like you leave behind so much when you yeah. grow up, yeah. but there's something intrinsically you that remains um, and occasionally you feel that circle closes. I certainly felt that when we were doing at Hammersmith the other night and my mother came forward. and Yeah, that was a lovely moment. And it was incredibly moving for me, you know, yeah. um, uh, you know, the, the room just seemed to be filled with so much love and love for the music and, uh, and of course, you know, love between mother and son and the band, you know, I'm very proud of the band, very proud of, of the music, the, the Genesis music and all the other incarnations of bands that built the so-called solo stuff, but they were all different, mm. you know, bands at different times. So, Steve, you've been touring pretty constantly since 2013, with the exception, of course, of the unfortunate break for covid yeah um i mean it's a pretty grueling schedule you're doing the writing on top of that yes how how do you stay not just physically fit but how do you stay mentally staying mentally sane because you know 
we've seen a lot of publicity recently. Yep. So Sean Mendes yes. cancelling his tour, Justin Bieber. It seems to be that the constant touring and the stress on artists is causing more more problems. How do yes. you remain sane in that? Well, I read a lot of R.D. Lang, you know, Ronnie Lang stuff, and I was very interested in psychology and mm -hmm. and and all of this. And I think his main thrust was. It seemed to me, rather than putting things into isms, mm -hmm. was that each person had a tailor-made cure yes. for them. So the girl who'd smothered herself in feces and sat there in a, in a room naked, he just took all his clothes off and sat in the same room until she spoke to him. Right. And I thought that was very telling. So um, um, he's... He, it, I think what he was saying at the time w was that um, uh, psychiatry had a very much a one size fits all mm -hmm. approach, as opposed to a personalized, as opposed person. to a person, yeah, and yeah. Um, and the idea that that, that 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 the healer is actually perhaps drawing mm -hmm. an entirely different map en route to this mm -hmm. particular person. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, I have had one or two friends. Um, who've had great psychological problems. Yeah. Because of touring become, or become no, no. For other not, reasons. No, for okay. other for yeah. other other yeah. reasons. Yeah. And and um um people I, I care about deeply and I've I've seen that it can be sometimes very hard to reach people. Sometimes mm -hmm. you can do your absolute best so yeah. anyone who's listening to this who's like me thought i did everything i bloody well could and it still didn't make the difference yes um i don't know whether somebody makes themselves ill or whether it's some early trauma that um forces dissociation or, mm -hmm. or, or, or mm -hmm. whatever it is and I don't really like descriptions because, as I say, I don't want a, a one-size-fits-all. Well, they just become labels, don't they? Which they do become labels. Very helpful. My very first girlfriend, who I loved dearly, mm -hmm. um, she left home at the age of 16. We busted up by then. We were only 15 and 16-year-olds. My first experience of of love, in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, she went on to take every drug known to man. Um, she seemed to be so keen on, on ruining herself. Um, and at one point I went to see her when she was in West Middlesex Hospital, long after we'd broken up, because she stayed in touch with letters. Mm -hmm. And we sat down on a bench and I was literally playing my harmonica to her. And I may have been all of, what was I, 18? Right. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And um, it was this thing. I, I, I don't know what it was. And, she, and I said, why, so why do you take heroin? And she said, it's because it's, it's like, you know, putting another nail into the coffin. 
when I and it was this beautiful girl that I was looking at. Mm -hmm. I saw her as beautiful. Yeah. And I did ask perhaps the pertinent question because I was so shocked. Why the coffin? Why mm -hmm. do you mm -hmm. want to die? Why don't you want to celebrate yourself? Yeah. I would have said that. No, I would yes. have said, you're intelligent, you're young, mm -hmm. you're beautiful, you're, you're strong, you've got a, you know, she, I knew she was physically strong, she, she could arm wrestle me. Anyway, all of these things. And um, I think when we broke up, I, um, in a way she was a sort of, she was the reason I started reading books. I, I didn't trust books. They were, I was being told to read books when I was at school and I wanted to have personal experience of things. And, and it was because she'd already at school. She'd gotten A-levels and, and what have you. And she was reading Camus and Sartre and existentialism. Yeah. And, yeah. and she was filling my head. She was, you know, she was blowing my mind, man. You know, and I was a young boy and I... I didn't understand any of these concepts, and so she was completing my education for me in a way. And when we broke up, I deliberately went to Smith's, as it was then, in Sloan Square, because it was a bookshop before yes. it became yeah. Hugo Boss. Yeah. And I, I went to something, and I bought the a book that had the most difficult title, and I realized, and, and thought, I've no idea what this means. The divided self, right? Lang. And I read this didn't understand it didn't know how to put it down read it years later still didn't understand it each time going back now I start to understand this now I've had experience of this with other people I don't think I've had um, that thing where self-belief and you know and and self-doubt has tortured me to the degree where yeah, I've thought yeah. that I'm rock bottom I came pretty bloody close um, with out of the tunnel's mouth because you know that is autobiographical and as raw as anything I've ever I've ever written it, uh, that's probably one of the reasons it's incredibly moving maybe that's album. that's it yeah I, I um, so um, it was me trying to deal with yeah. you know the end of one way of life that had outlived its usefulness but the beginning of another beginning of another and, 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 and all of that and and you know finally owning up and, and, and saying yeah well you know that was my life then and now yeah. it's it's moving on now Joe's in my life and yeah. um, I've put her through hell to get to the point where I'm now ready mm -hmm. and um, so yes we we lived together we loved together we wrote together and that's still what we do and. Um, I was very much at the point I thought I must never let her down you know I mustn't ever do that I mustn't screw up yeah. I've got to get this one thing in life right and it might not sound like very much but well, you've done it in spectacular style well one, one tries as an outside observer doesn't mean that I don't have a terrible temper and it, and it, and it blows and I might seem like a very calm guy but but the touring doesn't I had my fuck it too moments. many stresses. Well, um, being on tour can be very difficult. You've got to leave by a certain time. You haven't got time to throw wobblies or else you won't 
do it. Yeah. Um, um, occasionally I, I do, and it will be a very small thing. It will be a trigger. Uh, but I think my band realised that, you know, Steve might blow when he's lost his bottom neck or slide. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go into absolute hissy fit until yeah. I find the thing. And then I'll apologise to everyone and say, I'm so sorry, you know. But it's uh, over but, and done with It's over <laughs> and done with yeah. But Joe understands that my mood swings like that will be over and done yeah. with in seconds. And the next thing is I'm apologising to her and I've got my arms around her and and um, uh, it's not about her. Yeah. You know, it's a moment perhaps. It's a moment I, I think we probably all have. My, my mother yeah, we says do. That. We do. Yeah. <laughs> do a bit. Yeah, it's of course. It's, it's all part of being human. Yeah, my, my mother yeah. says the red mist because she has it. Yeah. And um, yeah, the red mist yeah. happens, you know, and whew, you're off. Look out for our other podcasts and you can follow us on Instagram under Make a Difference with Records or on Twitter at Vinyl for Charity.